We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You guys know where to follow me, Mike Dugar, all that good stuff. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. Chris, we had a game where the Seahawks, uh, they shut down a narrative today. I don't know if you, well, you know, people have been hitting us up about it on the show. They say the Seahawks don't blow nobody out, Chris. Man. They don't, they don't blow nobody out, although they have double-digit wins this year, to they, be fair to the Seahawks. <laughs> they have double-digit wins this season, but They ain't Sunday, do one like this. Yeah, yeah Sunday this is was different. a different beast. Yeah, different bag. The Jets were, what, 0-12 coming in, and they left 0-13. Like, they got dusted. This is what they should have done to the Giants, to be honest. I thought I they should have. This is what everyone expected for the most part, especially with the backup quarterback and yeah. Colt McCoy running things. Yeah, no, they for they for sure uh, should have should have done this to the Giants. But yeah, it's forty to three. Um, it's got to be their what? I I could go back and look, but I'm pretty sure this is their biggest win in like forever. They haven't they haven't dusted a team uh, like this in quite some time. Um, they definitely haven't done this since I've covered the team. I think the biggest one I had was the. They beat Nick Mullins real bad uh, in 2018, and they beat the Colts real bad in, like, 2017. But they ain't, they ain't put the hurting on a team like this, 37 points, uh, in a long, long time. And they needed to, and they were supposed to. I was just – shout out to the homie Joe Fan of NBC Sports. I was talking to him in the press box before I came to your house, Chris, to do the show. I was like – me and Joe was like, man, like, what are we even supposed to write? Like, <laughs> they, the Jets suck. They look like they sucked. The Seahawks are better than the Jets. They look like they're better than the Jets in every phase. Like, I mean, this is pretty expected in terms of – narratives uh but i mean still there's some stuff chris there's absolutely some, there's always there's, stuff yeah there's 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 definitely uh some stuff to take away we'll, and we'll get into that although i don't like you pointed out chris the jets is bad but they ain't looked this bad all year no they haven't I, I talked to you off wax about what the jets have been doing the jets this season they haven't lost to an opponent by 30 or more points all year the Seahawks just happen to be the first team that oh you're owing 12 okay well we're about to make y'all own 13 and it's not going to be close you guys aren't going to score a touchdown yeah no and that's that, what the Seahawks defense was able to do today they really did a good job of eliminating factors Shaquille Griffin making great plays looking like the, he's trying to get paid look although some of them might have been early but you know what the officials call it no hey, no you, so it still goes down in the stats when you're negotiating that contract exactly, that's all that matters exactly and he he played a hell of a game today Ugo Amadi he made plays everybody out there defensively was making plays and that's what you wanted to see we were hoping to see that against the Giants. It didn't work out that way. And Philly, to be honest. They should have done this to Philly, too. To be honest, yes. They should have done these things weeks prior. But ultimately, they put it all together. They were ready. They were prepared. And they put a product out there that I think, as journalists, we are impressed by. And the fans really appreciate it as Everyone's well. got to be impressed by this. Yeah. No, I mean, Russell Wilson said after the Giants game, he was like, when the offense plays well and the defense plays well, it's going to be magical. Like, he used the word magical. And I, I put that uh, that line in my last uh, story after their game. And I was like, he's right. He is. He is right. And what was today? You went by 37 in the NFL. That is magical. I don't really care if it's the Jets. 37 is a lot of points. And I know you're probably thinking, Mike, they missed three field goals, right? That's why it was, you know, 37 and not 
uh damn i'm not counting whatever 37 minus nine is um but also to be fair to the seahawks they dropped what two pick sixes <laughs> at, le- at least one <laughs> ugo would have scored i think ugo, ugo. Scored. puna probably wouldn't have scored jamal adams i don't know if jamal would have scored would he have scored? I have to go he look at that. I he, think he would. I have. haven't looked at the replay of it. I saw the replay. I thought he would have. Because when you're in the middle, it's it's, it's hard. Because it depends on coming. well, it depends on which way you go, too. Like I, it would have been, he would have got pretty damn close. And then if between I, KJ and Puna, I don't. KJ know. scores. Puna probably does not. They might they might block for the big fella. Everyone gets excited when a big man gets it. You never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Puna did play some fullback in high school too. Um, you you never you never really know. But yeah, they they definitely did what I've been expecting them to do for for a minute now. To be fair, this is also pretty much what they did before they did that whole prevent thing. Yes. Um, against the Falcons and uh, the 49ers this year. Um, also, I think it's really impressive that they basically did this in three quarters. That's another thing to pay attention to. They pulled a Golden State Warrior where the game's over in the third quarter. Third Steph, quarter. Cor- Steph Curry. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are on the bench laughing, giggling because they're up 40. Yeah, no, this is this is like, yeah, that game in the – now we're talking about the Warriors. But remember that when Klay scored like, what, 70 or something or 60 and three quarters? Yeah, three dribbles. 60 and three quarters, 11 yeah. dribbles, something crazy, yeah. yeah. And it sat the rest of the fourth. This is that. Like, exactly. So they did do what they were supposed to do, but even then, like, Geno played a full quarter. <laughs> this isn't preseason, by the way. This isn't – we're in the regular season – Final three weeks or final four weeks of the season, and you got Geno Smith out here throwing passes. That's what you want to see. Yeah, no, that's yeah. If you're the Seahawks, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's impressive. So I know everyone's probably wondering, not everyone, but one of the things after a big, big win against a bad, bad team is like, okay, but Mike, it's the Jets. How much are they really? How much of this is going to matter when we have to play Washington? When we have to play uh, the Rams? When we have to play the Niners? When we get into the playoffs? It's a good question. Glad you asked. A uh, person I just made up. Uh, there's a couple things, Chris. Let's start with the offense because I think. If you guys check on The Athletic this morning, that was the basis of my column was like what stuff is going to carry over and what stuff is not. Uh, but we'll go over some of it now. I think on offense, the thing that will carry over is Russ taking what the defense gives him. Because if you watch that game today, you're probably like, wow, Russ is throwing it short. Like, why didn't he do this last week? There was probably a lot of why the hell didn't we do this last week? Why didn't we do this last week? Why didn't we do this last week? Because Russ didn't want to. <laughs> that was it, for real. Um, if you listen to the press conferences and stuff last week and watch the film like I did – it was very easy to see. By the time we talked to Schottenheimer on Thursday, I was like, oh, that's why they lost to the Giants. They got they got greedy. The Giants took away their strength, and they were like, that's still going to be our strength. That's stupid. It's not. That's why you lost to Colt McCoy. Today, it was like, no, no, no. If you take away our best thing, we can just do other things really well. And that's that's what a really explosive – that's balance. That's literally the, the balance, actually how it looks. Not what P.K. was talking about with this rule of 53 nonsense that doesn't make any sense. I know I'm bad at doing math on the show. Pete Carroll would – die doing math uh, on our show because the way they count things is just freaking stupid. Um, but like Russ took what was in front of him today. I'm looking at his uh, I'll put this in front of you Chris so you can see I'm looking at Russ's passing chart uh, today. He only had three attempts further than 20 yards down the line of scrimmage. Well you hit it right on the head. The longest pass was to Jacob Hollister for 20 yards. Right behind him was DK with 19. That was his long. Everything and was I think short. The, and the 19 one is the touchdown. Yeah. It's DK right? Or yeah. No 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 no. Is it? It's not? No, I don't think so. I think DK's was shorter than that because uh, he was Back right up on the goal point, line. He didn't throw anything deep. It was all take what the defense is giving. And in that situation, we saw a lot of quick screens. We saw a lot of slants, a lot of drags. Yeah, he did like a little quick thing to, to David Moore. Yep, we saw that. And you want to see that more and more often, especially against better teams. Well, if the defense is going to take give you that, then yes. Because yeah, some teams will be like, the Eagles are like, no, we're arrogant. We'll, we'll just man up, <laughs> put Slay on DK, and give up 177 yards to your best receiver. Whatever. That's you, fine. You can <laughs> choose that for sure. The Cardinals also decided to do something similar. They were like, we're just going to man up, Pat Pete, on your guy. You know, that's hat on hat. Who's going to win? Also fine. Because then you can throw the deep shots like they did. Uh, it got called back. P2 got cooked uh, on that and the PI. He was cooked all game. That's burnt toast. Um here, the Jets was like, oh, well, we're going to give you some two high shells. Okay, well, let's see. Russ, was, Russ completed, what, three? He was three for three uh, over the middle between 10 and 19 yards. Uh, two for two to his right uh, between 10 and 19 yards for, for a touchdown. Like, he was he was taking everything that was in front of him. And that, I think, is going to continue, whether it's Washington, whether it's who they got after the Rams, whether that's um, – Niners. The Niners, because, well, the Niners, honestly, they should probably, they play a lot of cover three, because Salah, that's what he does, probably shouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave DK over there against, who's their number two, Verrett, Jason Verrett, 
nah. You see what Stefan Diggs did to that boy on Monday night? Uh, don't you leave him over there with, uh, without the no safety help. The same thing he did to Jamal Adams, he did to Verrett. Oh, Stefan. The whip route. Diggs is the, that boy is, oh man. He's he, a problem. Yeah, he he's special. We're watching him on Sunday Night Football right now just get busy all over the Steelers who have a really, really good secondary. But yeah, so what Russ did today, and I'm going to tweet his uh, his uh, chart today so you guys can you can see it. But that part I do think can carry over because that's all on Russ. That's his decision-making. When you talk about quarterbacks and their decision-making, you have to see like what they're doing with the ball. They can decide whether to throw it short. The coach can tell you all, like, Russ, your first read is Hollister over the middle. That doesn't matter if, if as soon as he snaps the ball, he looks to Tyler running a post. Yeah. Right? Like, the shot, he can only do so much. He can call the play, but Russ has to, you know, actually execute the play and follow, you know, his reads and go through his progressions. And that's only if he actually runs the play that shot he called. He could check it at the line to something else. You know, you never know. Russ has that type of freedom. So if Russ can do this, and I know he can. Like, he doesn't have that type of ego where he's just going to be defiant and stubborn the whole time and try to force things that aren't there. He did it against the Giants. That was pretty uncharacteristic. But the fact that he was able to turn around so quick when another defense tried to do very similar things, they actually mixed up their coverages a lot, the Jets did. Um, The fact that he was able to just take the stuff that was in front of him and still be explosive and efficient in the red zone, that's what you're going to see from Russ. That part is the thing that'll carry. Will they drop 40 every week? No, because they won't play the Jets. But it's the process of how you score your points. I think that's that's really encouraging as well. Because Russ, Russ can't be stubborn like that. Like, you look at the, um, the the interception he threw today. Someone else was open. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Jacob Hollister. Was it Hollister? It was okay. a tight end for sure. I, d- I don't remember if it was Hollister or Dishler, but I'm willing to bet off of memory it was... I'm going to say it was Hollister when I watch film be like, damn it, I was wrong, but hopefully I'm right. Yeah, it was, it was, somebody was open. It doesn't really matter who. Someone was, someone who was probably going to catch it, right, was open. And then what did he do? He rolled and he threw, he just threw basically a 50 50 ball to DK. Correct. Right. And Russ, in his mind, thinks those aren't 50 50 balls. That's he thinks 90, they're, 10. He, yeah, he thinks they're 90 10 DK, which is fine. That's cool. Um, he was wrong uh, on this and he ended up throwing a pick. DK didn't do much to help him out or go get it. Um, DK didn't even play defense when the dude bobbled the ball. It was a really bad play. But that's an example of, you know, forcing something deep when something shorter is there, right? And then you see that was the one bad play uh, that Russ had today. All of his other dropbacks were a lot better. So if Russ can continue to do that, I don't really care if you're playing, you know, the, uh, you know, the steel curtain, whatever, or the 2000 Ravens defense. Like, if you just take what the defense gives you, because they're going to give you something. Every cut, co- we know, you know, Chris, you know coverage as well as anybody I know. Every coverage has holes. Yeah. Everything. I don't care what it is. Right, everything has holes. You just need to find the holes, whatever they are, and not be so damn stubborn. So next week against Washington, I have to go study. Do you know what, what they really do? I don't really know. I yet. don't. I got to study a little I'm bit. I'm gonna more. be looking to see and trying to figure out what they plan on doing against the Seahawks defense. I wouldn't be surprised if it's probably a little cover two and cover three, just based off what you see around the league with their averages. Yeah, that's so what I would guess. Yeah, that's 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 my guess right now too. Um, I have I only really watched them like twice. I watched them like a Monday nighter or the Tuesday nighter, and then I watched them on Thanksgiving. And I was mostly watching their offense, less as much their defense. But like, they're, every team is going to have something they give them, right? And Russ just has to be willing to take it. If he's going to do that and not be, you know, a big, you know, stubborn dummy, then they're going to put up some points. That's every one week. way of looking at it. I yeah. also, I think offensively, something that's going to continue is the run game. I really, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. really thought it was productive today between, excuse me, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. They had 27 carries for what a buck 40, a buck 42. Let's just not do. Ma- we guys, we can't just it. do. Oh, I you, did it. Oh, you typed it in. Come on, okay. I was prepared. Hey, no, okay. Come on. I now. wondered what you was over there <laughs> typing in. But yeah, today or Sunday against the Jets, they they were physical. There was one running play where Chris Carson walked into the end zone, and the old line just put everybody on the ground, and that was impressive to see. And I think when healthy, this offensive line is really talented. Right now, right tackle situation, we'll get into that with Ooh, Twitter boy. questions. Yeah, it's, but, not, it's not great. But outside of that, this offensive line is, is, is rolling. They're getting better. Russ has just been holding the ball a lot, which results in a lot of sacks. But today, that wasn't the, the problem. There was no issue. The run game was efficient. They were creating holes. Chris Carson and Carlos Highway were to find them. I mean, we even got a chance to see Hart go out there and make a play, which is pretty cool. Oh, on that on reverse? A, on the, yeah, end around. That was a nice play there. I mean, they're trying things out, and that's something you want to see against against teams like the Jets. And hopefully this will continue, and ultimately we'll see the run game steady improving. And ultimately that'll just 
create everything open downfield for your DK Metcalf to do double moves, for Tyler Lockett to get open on his post corners and post routes, for Freddie Swain to be standing wide open in the back of the end zone. Hopefully that continues, and now the offense is, is really good, and you're looking at this Seahawks team going, damn, offense can't be stopped, and defense is playing a lot better, and you got to help those Carlos Dunlap who is creating plays in the backfield. Yes, yeah, see, I think the run the run well also the run uh, game has been like pretty effective all year. Yeah, yeah, and they spent well when Chris is in there. True. When Chris is in there, uh, it's pretty effective and I think what that's also a product of taking what the defense gives you because one of the things that cover 2 does or cover 4 or whatever those two high safety looks what they do is it takes someone out of the box. Yeah. And run game is all about a numbers game. Right, like if you have if like a, a eight man box or a seven man box is not favorable if you only have five linemen in your running back. Right, that's it. You only have five people blocking their seven. You are screwed. Throw it. Right, like that's generally the the counting you do when you go to the line of scrimmage. If they drop the guy off, okay, cool. Chris, gonna Chris is going <laughs> to run through some guys, and I think that's why Chris has been so efficient. He's had three games in a row now: the Philly game, the Giants. Giants game, and the and now the Jets game, where he just looked. He, he hasn't put up crazy numbers. He didn't look like the Seahawks, Derrick Henry out here. The Seahawks don't even want him to. They want to s- reserve that for a big playoff game when they need Chris Carson to have seventeen to twenty three carries and two touchdowns. They're warming him up. I would say. I don't even think he needs to be like it needs to happen in the postseason necessarily. The thing is, you have to don't give Chris Carson bad run boxes. That's like, true as well. Don't have him. We talked about this, I think, two years ago. Yeah, when Shadi said we want to run it when they know we're running it. I was like, that's stupid. That, that's not if they put eight sense. in the box, <laughs> throw it, you big dummy. Like, that's uh-huh. okay. I shouldn't call it. Shadi's not a dummy. But I do think that particular statement is not smart. I, I will stand by that. But, like, that's. Like let's, I'm looking at his last, uh, his last three weeks, right? Eight for forty-one uh, against the car. Uh, excuse me, against Philly. And mind you, that was back from injury. Yeah, that's first game back. Only had eight yards, but made the most of them, right? And Correct. He, and he scored uh, as well uh, against the Giants. Thirteen for sixty-five. Another really efficient day. Twelve for seventy-six today, and another score. A really efi- perhaps his bet most efficient day uh, since coming back. That's a product of what the defense is doing, too. Yeah. They're daring you to run it. And okay. if, you're, if you're the Seahawks, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. We got Chris. We got Carlos. We can run it on you. They'll get Penny back. Like Rashad Penny, that is. Because uh, now Penny Hart might be asking <laughs> for more carries. Like, they they have the tools there. So I think that's that's a good point, Chris. That's something also that will carry. Today, Russ was not sacked. Right? He had a sack that got it called back. Um, the other the sack that you see in the stat sheet, that's, that was on Geno. That was not a sack that came that came on Russ. So the Jets only had one sack today, but it was when I stopped paying attention. Not gonna lie. As soon as I saw <laughs> game that, was over. <laughs> as soon as I saw all the other scrubs come in, I was like, I ain't watching this. It was a preseason game. It was legit. A preseason. It was the fourth quarter. It was like, okay, this is a preseason game. Um, and if the Jets are bad, like, there ain't even nobody fun to watch uh, over there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I tuned out. So that is probably not gonna carry over. That's just not. Not just because of the right tackle situation, but just because of the front lines they're gonna play going forward. I would say. Washington probably has one of the scarier fronts uh, in the league. The the Rams certainly have the scariest front in the league. And then the Niners don't necessarily have a scary front because, my God, they're just so just injury-riddled this year. But they're still the Niners, and they still are well-coached, and they still got guys who can get after the, the quarterback, even if one of those guys, Deion freaking Jordan, has been a journeyman for a while now since 2013. So I think that, that part, if you watch this game against the Jets, it's like, okay, what? What do we do today that won't be sustainable going forward? It's Russ not getting sacked at all. Like part of that is Russ himself, right? Because sacks are a quarterback stat, and he's in charge of the football, right? He's holding it. He can get rid of it or he can not. So he's going to run into some sacks because that's what he does. Right? He's done that his whole career. That's just part of his mo at this point. But also, like the front lines are going to be better. Like you see Chase Young today, beast man. He's probably going to get to Russ. <laughs> like that's just at least kind of what it. Is. Have you seen Aaron Donald? He didn't get to rest the first week. He's the first time they played against him, but I assume he's probably going to get to rest. Or even uh, what's game. the other dude they picked up from Chicago um, that the Rams had? Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd is probably going to. He's good. I think he had a sack in the first game uh, against Russ. And he had two, what, on Thursday night? That, he, he's good. Um, uh, they have another dude, uh, Brockers. Uh, like Michael Brockers, yeah. Yeah, the, the Rams are good. They're going to get to rest. That's just what it is. Doesn't mean the Seahawks can't win. But Russ, Russ's numbers and efficiency today probably were also a product of, like, the Jets don't really have a nasty D-line. Um, who's that final? Uh, I said the Niners. Yeah, like, those teams are going to get to Russ. Russ is going to get sacked in the playoffs, right? They got to figure out something there. But that's probably one of those – that's probably the main thing I would say you watch the game be like, man, we ain't about to keep doing this every week. That's it, though. Everything else, 
seemed pretty sound. I think, well, except for Gino playing. Gino ain't gonna play every week. That will not happen. <laughs> yeah, if he does play, that is amazing. I mean, good for Gino. Uh, I guess maybe odd because he wants to start somewhere, so maybe he can hold out hope for that. I don't know. I, yeah. Next subject, but yeah, th- that's the only thing I would say. When you watch the offense today, that's probably not going to keep happening. Also, Demo dropping that touchdown probably ain't going to keep happening either. Or not a touchdown. It but was a that, big. It was a huge play. It would yeah. have been the biggest receiving play today or against the Jets for sure on that one. And that's a that's a good uh uh dang good pivot? I can't think of the word no the illustration of what like taking what they give you because that particular play was man coverage on this uh, both sides but the safety shaded to DK side cheated yeah as, as one should. Yeah, <laughs> as you certainly should. You're gonna be one on one with Demo. I'm gonna go help over here. Yeah, we do that. We play flag. Like if I know you're on the, if, if I'm playing safety and you're in my corner on my left, and I see the right, and that's a guy I don't even know. I'm like, hey, Chris, you by yourself? And you're gonna say, yep. And then I'm gonna shade over and let you handle it. Like same thing. Marcus yep. May or whoever was probably like, hey, big dog, you you by yourself. <laughs> you on 83, go. And then he's like, hey, you, I got your help over here. Like so, that that's something that Demo's gonna catch that. He should. Nine times out of ten, he does. And if he wants the job in 2021, he better catch some type of balls. That's just, man, Josh Gordon coming too? Yeah, man. You better catch it when you throw two. More competition uh, yeah. for sure. The defense is a little trickier, Chris, because the Jets are really bad on offense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Like we saw today, or Sunday, excuse me. Really, really, really bad. Like, and some of that is the quarterback for sure. But like Sam Darnold, man, I, I, I tweeted this during the game. I was like, who the hell is he throwing it to? He was thrown to some some dude named Braxton, I think. Uh, that Perryman dude can't catch nothing. He 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 can't catch. Uh, uh, did Crowder have a catch today? Like it was. I was like, who the hell? Yeah, he had two for seven yards. Yeah, it, Perryman just kept dropping it. He really dropped. I think he dropped two. Um, it was it was not a good day. Like their offense is terrible. So the Seahawks are going to keep putting up. Excuse me, they're not going to keep putting up three uh, points on defense. You know, every every year or every week. Excuse me. Like Washington's probably going to score more than three. You know, and they have offensive weapons that are going to create plays. They probably end up around 17 points is where I'm guessing. Yeah. Terry, no, Terry McLaurin is nasty, too. That's um, what I was thinking of. So, like, the Washington's going to score more points. The Rams are obviously going to score points. Like, although this, I tweeted out the scoring defense numbers when I was leaving the stadium today, the last five games, what is 23, 21, 17, 17, and 3? So yeah. they're, getting, they're literally getting better every week. Um, yeah, so, they're giving up 16 
points per game in the last five games. In the last five? Respectively, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's those are all the games after the Buffalo game when they plucked Quentin Dunbar out of there because he's playing on one leg. <laughs> like, they've been getting better. Like, that part, but the, the overall scoring numbers, though, that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna happen. Teams are gonna get in the end zone. Like, yeah. even if, let's say you imagine that they made all those field goals, right? Because that's basically out of the Seahawks' control. Was that 12 points? Yeah, so they would end up winning 40 to 12. Right? That That's... That's probably not going to be the case. They only held one team to something like that, and that was the uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins week four basically kicked five field goals. And then at the final drive when the Seahawks stopped giving a damn, Fitzpatrick drives them down there and ends up running it in. But, like, other than that, they're, they're giving no touchdowns. They're going to. Right? That happens. Especially in the postseason, they will. The teams that the, the next three teams that they play are, like, are legit. better offensively just for starters. Well, and it, well, the Niners, I'm not really sure what they're going to look like. Because well, Nick, Nick Mullins always does He something. always does well against the Seahawks. For that's, whatever that's reason. That's true. That's true. You got Jeff Fisher back in the day who figures things out. Even then, even Bruce Arians was able to come here and win all the time. He couldn't <laughs> win at State Farm Stadium, whatever <laughs> the hell they were calling it back then, University of Phoenix, whatever. He would come to Seattle, though. And remember his last game, he was like, "This is this is our home field." Yeah, he was disrespectful oh, on that one. Wow, he somebody should throw hands with that old dude. <laughs> like it got to be one of the other old dudes though. You can't be the young black dude hitting the the coach. Pete Carroll, you know, man, step up to the you plate. You go to jail. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe one of the assistants, your tight no, ends coach. Pete, set the tone. You the head coach, man. <laughs> you know what you know? What they should do though is send like your strength coach at Bruce Arians because you oh, know shoot, he, they you got know their he's strength angry. coach. That's true. Yeah. I'm gonna send my strength coach, but yeah. I feel it. A strength coach is probably <laughs> the one dude on every program that you just don't want to throw hands with. Like that particular dude, the meatheads. Yeah, ex- guaranteed a meathead. <laughs> guaranteed. Like it ain't ever gonna be like some uh, like they enjoy pain. Some, some dude <laughs> built like snacks. Like no, it's gonna be some like you know big muscle dude that ain't never skipped leg day in his life. Exactly. Like, like he work it out. He works off his Thanksgiving meal that night. Like he's <laughs> he's the, he's that dude. Uh, but no, the other teams uh, other teams are gonna have better better offenses against them, and they won't. They won't continue to do that. So, like, if you're like, oh, okay, Mike, our defense ain't going to you know, play like this every week. No, they're not. But here's something that is going to carry over is the pressure. They were going to kill Sam Darnold back there. Like, the play after uh, Jamal broke the record with the sacks. Yes. We got to talk about that for a second, too, um, real quick before we go to questions. Um, but after that play when Jamal broke the sack, there was another sack Oh, they got called off for uh, legal contact yeah, by DJ, DJ Reed. Reed. Yeah, but you see how many people was in the backfield on that play? Felt like the whole entire defense was back there ready to kill this man. I couldn't even see Sam Darnold. <laughs> I was, I really couldn't. Like, a river he, of blue. He was swallowed up. Yeah, but it was like Jordan Brooks was in there. I think Jamal was in there. It was actually Jordan Brooks that hit him. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, or sacked him. Excuse me, but it yeah, it's of course took, took it away. Yeah, like I just saw, I saw so many Seahawks jerseys, and I was like, he's, I almost tweeted like he's gonna die back there. <laughs> like he's gonna, you know, get he, him out the game, coach. Yeah, like that was that was gonna. <laughs> be pretty bad like he's probably seeing ghosts uh, at that point you know Sam Darnold loves to see them ghosts like that part though is going to sustain the Seahawks have had what at least two sacks in every game since Jamal has played Mm -hmm. that come on man that is sustainable as we discussed off wax last week when I told you you asked me do you think he's going to break you think he's going to get 10 sacks this season 10 or more I said absolutely it's just a sack a game good man he's if he continues on this pace he'll end up with 11 and a half to end the season as a DB that is Man, I know the one he had today wasn't like it wasn't crazy. It wasn't he, he ran out of bounds, but had he stayed in bounds, it would have been a great sack. Yeah, he made a smart decision. Get out. <laughs> yeah, it's not. All, yeah, it's also not like if if Sam would have just tried to juke him, Sam would have died. Yeah, probably. Sam made a very good decision by yeah. going out of bounds. He, but also like if he had just thrown it. Oh, that too. It would have just been a regular old incompletion, and Jamal yeah. wouldn't have got a damn thing. Yeah. Um, but in general, for Jamal to get eight and a half sacks in nine games, when really. And I wrote this today, too. Like, this was my piece from Sunday. Jamal doesn't do anything really extravagant. Runs you over or runs by you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He don't... (laughs) No special moves. He he does some moves every here and then. Like, he'll dip or something like that. But for the most... It's bull rushes, bro. And speed rushes right by people. It's not even that. And you always know when he's coming. Yeah, he usually no, is right by the line, yeah. bouncing. <laughs> like you can see, like he's giving it away. Like I'm the, coming. <laughs> yeah, the quarterbacks, you like, oh hey, 33. Somebody block 33, and, and every Doesn't time matter. someone's like, nah, nah, man, you got it, <laughs> and they don't got it. They might want to double double him at this point. That that would be which your, is crazy. Like imagine double teaming a safety. That's how good he is. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. He's someone uh, tweeted me when I talked about like. I, I tweeted like, oh, man, it's crazy Jamal broke the record. And it was like, man, he's he's basically just not getting accounted for, man. Like, anybody could do that. I was like, yeah, but if anybody could, then they would. No, that's not true because there's only two other players in NFL history that has 
more or less sacks than he does, and he just broke the record this year. Yeah, that's, no, that that's not a that's not a fair statement. No, no, there. no, it was nonsense. Like <laughs> if, it, if if it was just as simple as blitz and you'll get sacks, more DBs would have these type of years. There's uh, a reason they do not. No, yeah, yeah. That that I thought that was really unnecessarily dismissive, and there probably are some people who think that. If you think that, you're wrong. Crazy. Jamal is just a special. He's just got a different. Like, I think the sack he had against um, Carson Wentz was a really good— There's two sacks that really stand out if you want to see how special Jamal is. It's the sack against Carson Wentz because you look at it, that's a really tough angle that he had. He comes free. He comes free right up the field, right, full speed. But then he has to, like, pivot a little bit, change direction without losing speed, and then he makes another beeline to Carson Wentz. So it's like a sharp, like, angle, full speed, though, on time and gets him. He's literally a missile that tracks onto his yeah, target. Yeah, it just and it doesn't matter. Goes you can juke fast. Okay, he just redirects, pivots as you said, and he's still gonna hit you. Yeah, like unless that. you run out of bounds, that's your only safety measure. And he's so fast that it's hard to get away from him, too. Like he catches guys from behind in a way that, like, if you were a like if you were a fifth round pick trying to do that, you probably wouldn't catch him. You'd have a bunch of pressures, but no sacks. Jamal gets home. Yes. Like that's really hard. The other sack is the one he had against Josh Allen. Well, he had two against Josh Allen. But one of the ones he had against Josh, um, there's a tight end in front of him. I think it's Dawson Knox. And he just pushes Dawson out of the way and sacks uh, J- uh, Josh Allen. He's just different. Every DB is not doing that. Like, in that play, he is accounted for. And he was like, screw you accounting for me. I'll put it this way. How many times have we seen Shaq run through a running back and make a sack? I've seen Shaq only one time get a sack, and that was against Green Bay. And it was a corner blitz, and him and Shaquille met in the backfield. Nobody touched him. Oh, you're talking about Shaquille? Oh, yeah, Shaquille. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has two career sacks. He has one against Dak Prescott in his rookie year on Christmas Eve. I don't remember that excuse. Yeah, it's another. It's the same play. Oh yeah, it's a blitz. I mean, but yeah, that goes to the point of anybody can do it. Well, if if anyone can do it, guess what the Seahawks would be doing? They would consistently send Shaquille Griffin on it because he is good at it. But that's not his strength. Shaquille is not a guy that's gonna sack the quarterback eight and a half times in a season. Yeah, and it's hard one a year, if that. It's harder to do it from a corner spot too. But even if we're just limited to safeties, like Ugo's been blitzing. Ryan Hill blitzed. Bradley McDougal blitzed. Um, I get in there. I'm missing somebody that they've that they've used. I mean, Quandre Diggs is blitzed, right? Like Bobby blitzes. KJ Marquise blitzes. Blair has blitzed. Yeah, he hasn't played as many games, so I won't use him in the sample. But like Te- uh, Tejik didn't blitz much. But they've had guys in this scheme who blitzed. There's other DBs in the league who blitz. Right? Like pretty sure Earl blitzed. Uh, not a ton, uh, but he did in Baltimore last year. I think he got a sack last year. A sack. Yeah, one. <laughs> right? Like, even Troy Polamalu blitzed, right? Like, And he wasn't even mentioned in the top three. Yeah, that's who I thought would have the record. Um, I no. forget who had it. It was Claiborne and then another DB that played for the Cardinals. Adrian Wilson? No. Yeah, it was Wilson. Yeah, okay. I believe it was Wilson. Yeah, so, like, there's been other DBs who blitz, right? Like, what's his name for the Colts, who I thought was really good, whose career should have been longer? Um, oh, Bob Sanders? I, yeah, they, they was probably sending him. Like, <laughs> he ain't get there, like... It's really hard to do uh, what Jamal Adams is doing right now. And, like, he's going to get to double digits for sure. You're right, Chris. I thought it was a little crazy because I was like, man, that's a sack a game. But he is quite literally averaging a sack a game. That's all it takes. Like, if he was, if you, <laughs> you know, like, extend this over the full year, that's would mean he would have, like, he would be, like, all pro as an edge rusher. Insane. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Like, he's leading them by a significant margin. I think second is uh, Jaron Reed with four and a half, and then Jamal's got eight and a half. And he's gonna get some more. Like that's yeah, he's gonna end the season with eleven, ten or eleven. Somebody's gotta account for him. Maybe more. Maybe it's the, tough. Yeah, because, because you can really only de- you can't really dedicate a lineman to him because that may that opens up another an- defensive lineman to get to your quarterback or D tackle that Carlos Dunlap, Rasheem yeah. Green, Benson Mayoa, LJ, Jay Reed. Yeah, that just that's just a problem that creates. You have to rely on your running backs and tight ends to make key blocks. But unfortunately. Jamal's just too damn good. And you know what else is unfair, what Ken Norton does that I really like? Um, he also sends, like, Bobby on some of these blitzes, too, with Bobby's Jamal. A beast as so well. if you send Jamal and Bobby, <laughs> the running backs back there, like, come on, fam. What you want me to do? I, I'm, can't I'm, do nothing. I'm a running back. I'm not a blocking back. Like, what you guys <laughs> got me back here doing, right? Like, if you, you just pick your poison, right? So ah, I don't want, I, I couldn't imagine picking between those two. That's death by. I mean, you just you got to read your keys. You go inside out or outside in, whatever. I don't want to read those keys. You got Bobby and Jamal coming full speed to make a sack, and you have to protect your quarterback. Yeah, and if like Bobby's coming up the gut and Jamal's coming from the edge, I'm trying to chop like, block you. That's the best I can yeah, do. Yeah, you got to just, <laughs> I don't know, swing them. I don't swing on them. I, I, I don't know. But before we get into questions, yeah, I did want to shout out Jamal on that, man. Like, he dropped that pick today. That was bad. That was bad. He shouldn't have dropped that. Uh, but Jamal is probably the best 
one of the best pass rushing DBs, not one of the best pass rushing DB I've ever seen. Like his timing on it is is good. Like it's not just oh send you when we have more guys. Like plenty of teams blitz right. Like Buda Baker is a great blitzing uh, safety. That's a really good example. Buda, uh, I think Tyron Matthew used to do a little bit of it. None of those guys are going to get double-digit sacks in their career. I'm, like, very confident that Buda never does that. Very confident, like, the Honey Badger doesn't do it. Very confident, like, uh, Derwin James doesn't do it. Although he, he's probably going to have a, a big sack here one of these years, too. It's different. You just have to have that skill set. Malcolm Jenkins probably never even got close to this. These are all DBs and safeties who do what Jamal <laughs> yeah, they do what Jamal's doing and don't do it as well because Jamal's different. I mean, that's why he was a sixth pick. I mean, like. That's why and he was didn't. beefing about that, Mike. Yeah, yo, <laughs> like, so there's a lot of th- I'm learning a lot about Jamal this this year. Like, I'm learning a lot. He likes to be shirtless. Because uh, I follow awesome. him and DK are best friends. I, I, follow, I follow him on Instagram. I was like, man, brother, you you were never wearing a shirt. Um, well, hang on, not to get off topic too much, but you do that too, Mike. Just throwing that out there. Continue. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just learning that about him. <laughs> um, he uh, he really likes to he really likes to be shirtless. Um, he is on his phone a lot. You can tell he reads the comments. He's a comment reader. Mm. As a celebrity, that's a no-no. I wouldn't do that. Uh, the other thing, he really likes fashion. You can see you oh, picked that you, up quick. You asked a question. Hey, did uh, fashion designer pick that out? Oh. Actually, I could dress myself, brother. Thanks, though. Yeah, he took offense to that. <laughs> he took offense to that. Uh, yeah, he has a fashion coach. Uh, oh, excuse me, coach. My apologies. Yeah, fashion coach. If you go to his fashion coach's Instagram, you can tell he's a fashion coach. Like, it's, my, man, that, that brother got some swag. Um he uh he was wearing like a fox today as a scarf. Did you see his scarf today? I did not. Oh, I'm gonna pull it up after we're done. Jamal Adams. He was wearing like a looked like he was wearing like a full fox tail on his neck. So you got Cam or Jamal? Who you rolling with? Uh, Cam Newton. Oh, in regards ooh, to man, what you're I'll probably take Jamal fashion. because he does extravagant things without going over the top like Cam does. Like Cam looks like he is like showing up to a movie set, <laughs> and that is his character's role. Whereas <laughs> Jamal just looks like he just bought expensive clothes. Okay. Um. And the other thing uh, that we're dang, I forgot the other thing I was learning about Jamal. But we're also just learning a lot of things about him. That is a very interesting cat. Dealt with depression in New York. Where's his heart on his sleeve? Yeah, we saw that. Uh, yeah, shout out to him in his revenge game too. He did it. That was good. That was he good. Got uh, revenge. The Geno Smith revenge game did not go as well. But yeah, that boy, that boy can ball. He can ball. He's uh he's gonna get double digit sacks. There it is. You ready to get into these Twitter yeah. questions, man? We got let's quite a few. It. Yeah, I'm gonna try to fire through them as quick as we can. Let's let's roll. Nah, you you do you've done great with them. No biggie. All right, this one will get rolling. Don't know if this is too off topic. Trust me, man. Nothing is ever off topic with us. Defund the police and its troubles translating to mainstream. Do the players have potential to serve as translators to help more people better understand and support the policy? Before I answer that real quick, A, good question. B, I just remember the other thing I was going to say we learned about Jamal is he really likes Drake. A lot of his Instagram captions are Drake lyrics. Um, sorry, I just I thought about it more. Um, to answer this question, yes, I do. Uh, this is, I know a lot of people are going to be turned off by this. I. Okay, so as in terms of the statement of the, the, the funding of the police, like Obama got into a lot of trouble for saying that you lose a lot of people with the slogan. I do get where he's coming from on that because ultimately you need to have messaging that resonates with the people who can enact said change. So basically you need to have a slogan that people buy into, right? So I can understand if people aren't buying into it, change your slogan, right? It's not about whether it's offensive or whatever. You need people to believe in it. And a lot of people do believe in the sentiment, but they don't believe in the slogan. Like you can ask people, there's been studies done on this where you'll, they'll go around to neighborhoods and be like, do you believe in making sure people do the job that their uh, that their job description says they should do? They'll be like, yes. And then if you tell them, well, do you think that we should have a few police and replace them with whatever? They'll be like, no. Like the wording does matter. But to answer this question specifically, yes, the players can get that message uh, out. The problem is, A, the people who just don't want to hear it regardless, a lot of people, and B, they have to be able to speak to it. Like, a lot of the players that I've talked to and you, I've read about, the problem ain't that they don't want to, like, back up some of this stuff or, or get behind a policy. They're just not ready for the follow-up questions. Because you get up in front of around on the microphone, let's say your kids, they right. And you're like, you watch the video of, um, there's a brother who just got killed because they thought his, they thought his Subway sandwich was a gun. Um, 
got killed in his own like backyard, right? If you're like, say you're scrolling, you're KJ, you scroll, you repost it, and then you get asked about it, and then there's all these things like, okay, KJ, what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? And you don't got the answers. They don't want to jump out there and do that. They don't not ready for the follow-ups, right? So I can see why they don't do that. It's all upon them to educate themselves so they're ready for those follow-ups. But yes, they can definitely, they can get by any policy, right? That's for women or like, you know, if you're from another country, you want people to care about the cause, you know, in your country. Like, I think of the, what's the, what's the man's name in the NBA? Every time he goes to Turkey, it's a problem. The Ennis Cantor. Yeah, like, if you if you have, you know, uh, Cliff with Haiti, like, if you have those other things, you just got to be able to, like, really go all in on it, explain yourself, and be willing to, like, be at the forefront of it when these guys just are not. In a lot of those cases, they just don't really understand it that well. Let's say Shadi leaves for a head coaching job for next season. Who do the Seahawks target as a possible new OC? And if you guys follow Adam Schefter, you probably saw his tweet earlier on Sunday. And if you didn't, I will quickly read it here for you. Per Schefter. Jed Hughes, hired to assist Houston in its search for a new head coach, recently presented Seahawks OC Brian Schottenheimer with a strong recommendation as someone who deserves serious consideration for the Texans' head coaching job, per sources. Many believe Kansas City OC Eric Bieniemy a strong candidate. My first person I'd probably give a call to is the Chargers QB coach. I believe his name is Pep Hamilton. Uh, done some good work down there. I mean, look at what Justin Herbert's just doing. I know he was a first-round pick, but like he already looks like the dude. Right? He already looks like he's got it figured out off the bench too. They didn't even spend training camp thinking he was going to be like the guy. They were rolling with Tyrod, which was dumb. Um, so I, I, that'd probably be my first call. Um, I wouldn't take that Houston job. <laughs> if I was shoddy. But, yeah, I, I would start there. There's going to be a lot of turnover uh, with a lot of staffs already getting fired. But without having uh, looked into it a ton, I think that's who I would give my first call to. Unless you want to pick up one of these offensive coordinators from one of these teams that got fired. Um, although I don't think any of those are really attractive. Maybe you bring Bevel back. But I don't think most people would, would get on board with that. Although, did the Lions win today? The Lions? Who did they play? They, oh, played they, lost, Bay, they, they lost at the Packers. Um, but they put... Uh, I think Bevel can be a head coach, man. But that's not the question. But, yeah, that, I, I call Pep. I think that's his name. I'm pretty sure. I got his name right, didn't I? You did. Okay. You're good. I call him. We'll go with another shoddy question. Do you think there's a good chance Schottenheimer gets hired as a head coach this offseason? Yeah, there's going to be like a half dozen jobs open. They should probably fire Doug Peterson in Philly. That'll be one that's open. They're probably going to fire Anthony Lynn because he can't count. Um, probably fire uh, the Gase in New York probably should fire the ja the Jaguars coach too. So there's a lot of open jobs. I, I think so. I think there's going to be more open jobs than there are good candidates. So I think Shadi would fall into the case of a good candidate. Like if it, Seahawks are going to have like a top five offense um, for like the second year in a row, like a top ten offense for like the third year in a row. Like they're going to have good numbers. He's going to have done good work with Russ scheming stuff up. They're going to see like his Lockett became a much better receiver under Shadi. Um, what the work he's done with DK, like their old lines finally like competent now. He fixed Seattle's run game. Solari has a lot to do with that too. So um, yeah, I think I think he'll get some looks. If I was Shoddy, I wouldn't take any of the jobs that are bad in terms of management. So I probably wouldn't take the Houston job. I, I'd stay away from the Detroit job unless they give me unless they give me control. Like you know how Pete got hired before Schneider. They don't have a GM in Detroit right now. So I think they don't have a GM in Atlanta either. So unless they're going to give you some personnel control, I wouldn't take either of those. I would take the Jets job, though. If I had to rank them right now, I would go Chargers first, Jets, and if they fire Doug Peterson and the GM, I think his name is Howie, Howie Roseman, I want to say, uh, that will be third. Maybe put that one above the Jets. I'm not sure. The Jets have a lot of assets. If you're, the, if you're taking the Jets job, it really is. You have to ask yourself this. Do I think Trevor Lawrence is the guy? If the answer is yes, take the job if the answer is no don't take the job or if justin fields whatever if you think you got your franchise guy coming in that first pick take the job this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
That drubbing was expected. Let's look down the road just a bit and see what the crystal ball holds. How does Seattle finish the last three games and who does Seattle want to see and who do they not want to see come the postseason? Keep killing it. Um. Okay, so I think they beat the Niners and beat the Washington football team. I, I can't pick them to beat the Rams right now. Rams defense is looking too disgustingly good, so I will take... Was that eleven and five? Two and one to finish. Okay. Yep. So that'd be eleven and five, just like last year, I think is what they were. So you get eleven and five, and be in the wild card round. I think the only team they don't want to see in the playoffs is the Rams. The Rams are just a bad matchup. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast knows Sean McVay. He knows how to beat Pete. If he don't want to do nothing else, it's <laughs> make sure his hair is straight and make sure he can uh, he can beat Pete Carroll. That is the two things Sean McVay can do. Um, who do they really want? I think they want the team with the weakest quarterback which is whatever the AFC or NFC East winner is, and that is probably Daniel Jones. So they should probably hope the Giants get it, I guess. When should NFL coaches go for it on fourth, kick field goals, punt, etc.? It seems the Seahawks only looks at the immediate result, not the discussion before the result. And he's talking about Seahawks Twitter, that is. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, hashtag never kick uh, at all. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of places, like, it's hard to get into specifics of when to go for it, kick or punt, whatever. Uh, in general, there's a lot of actual models out there, like, that use metrics to determine when you should. The New York Times has one. They have, like, a fourth down bot on Twitter that tweets out when teams should go. Um, Edge Sports is an account that uh, follows it. Ben Baldwin, shout out to Ben, has a, um, a, a Twitter account that uses information from a fourth down model that he's created that takes into account time, score, um, I don't think it takes into account who your kicker is. I don't think Ben's does. That matters, though, too. Um, but there's all types of, like, models. For me, personally, when I cover the Seahawks, I think they cross midfield, you should go. Pretty simple. For the most part, unless it's fourth and a million or it's the end of the end of the half or the game, if you get inside the 30, I'm probably going for it no matter who I am. That's kind of my rule fourth and two or shorter across midfield for any team should probably be a go but those models are all pretty good i think espn has a model too a fourth down model that they account next gen stats uh, i think as well there's a ton of uh data out there but in general for the seahawks specific team you cross the 50 go for it that's it why does a 43 victory not mean nearly as much to the seahawks fans as the 17 to 12 loss from the week previously my team just won by 37 points, and I'm still pissed off about last week's loss instead of happy about this win. Because Seahawks fans are entitled. They're used to winning. This is what Russell is the first quarterback in NFL history to have a winning record in his first nine seasons. That's a lot of winning this team is accustomed to and this fan base is accustomed to as a result. So you guys are spoiled. You're spoiled. You expect to beat the snot out of teams every week, which is fine. You should. Um, but... That's why a 37-point win ain't moving the needle for you, buddy. That's kind of messed up, though. 37 points. Like, take a shot to that. Man, you should. You should. Uh, that, that's why. That's the answer to your question. It was nice not to stress about the fourth quarter for once. Not specific to this game, but is there any reason we haven't seen the elaborate TD celebration this year? Is it social distancing thing that they haven't been able to practice them? What's going on? Yeah, I think they just didn't. They, they planned on it to start the season and just never really got into it and then I think they just would like forget about it I think they were just like in the moment just doing whatever was necessary and then uh, just never got around to like putting that in I, I think they should but at this point like you can't just start doing it in what week 15 now like it, it's a done deal they do have them in their bag though it really it really depends on Tyler Tyler I think is in charge of it but hey DK celebration today we're watching it right now on TV like getting the camera like that's that was good. Who did you, who did you tell that from, T.O. or Chad? That was Chad. Chad, took that from Chad. Chad's the GOAT, man. I love Chad. We all do, I think. What role do you expect from Rashad Penny to have in this offense in the remaining games? Is he competing for the DJ Dallas, Travis Homer carries, or does he have a shot to really take Hyde's role? Yeah, I think whenever Rashad comes back, it's more of like those Hyde carries. I think that the number two guy carries. I don't think he'll be the. He's good enough to be uh, good enough as a pass blocker. That is to be their um, two minute guy. Although that would be nice because he, he can catch. But that job is more about pass blocking um, than anything else because it's an obvious passing situation. Uh, I think this is kind of unrelated but related at the same time. I think uh, it's a shame that Rashad wasn't able to come back for this game. Like he practiced this week, um, 
and apparently looked good according to Pete. But <laughs> someone told me when I said uh, I tweeted that Pete says Rashad looks great. <laughs> they were like, yeah, cool. So he won't play this year then. <laughs> no one trusts. I love that that's a little like subplot in Seahawks like Twitter that no one trusts Pete's injury updates when he's the head coach. It's crazy. And Pete be like, oh, it's not that serious. And then the guy Very goes. Serious. Then the guy goes on like IR the huh. next day. That happened with Trey Flowers the other day or like a week and a half ago. He was like, yeah, Trey's calf is nothing serious or his, his knee, whatever it is with Trey, is his hamstring. Just a hamstring. Yeah, he was fine. like, yeah, nothing, nothing serious. Trey's on IR. I'm like, what are you talking about, Pete? Like, what? You can't even have him on the roster. Uh, yeah, so that that sucks because Penny would have he would have had the whole fourth quarter today to be just like test out his knee with live reps and just try to go full speed and push it. Yeah, that stinks. That stinks. He didn't get that chance. It feels like the Seahawks have gotten worse at forcing takeaways as of late, as opposed to earlier this season. Is this just a regression to the mean, or something different? Why they gotta keep dropping interceptions? Chris Hiller on TV. Look, this is Jamal. Oh. You see that scarf? Look at what? that scarf. That is ridiculous. That is, yeah, man. Looks like a tail. Yeah, the back of a <laughs> uh, like a beaver. A big ass beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I liked it though. You didn't like it? Ah, uh, that's too much. For me. Y'all, let, y'all, let me know if you like Jamal's scarf. Go find it. I might, I might post a picture of it. Um, why do the Seahawks keep dropping interceptions? Oh, oh, they're not any better or worse at forcing picks after today. Interceptions and turnovers are, are just random. Like when people say that, like turnovers are random because they are. It is just a matter of fumble recoveries in particular are random when you think about it, right? Because when the ball's on the ground, it's it's like 50-50. It's all about how it bounces. The ball is shaped funny, so it's always going to do weird bounces. Um, so, like, I, I don't think they're, like, better or worse at it in the, over the last few weeks. I mean, today is a really good example. How many times did the ball hit a Seahawks defender in the hands? Three? The KJ had one. Jamal. And then Ugo. Ugo, so three. That's three. So that's the difference between them having one turnover or four right there. And that's it. With nothing, no scheme, nothing changed. They just didn't catch it. Uh, they're going to hit the jugs machine this week. I know Ugo better. <laughs> Jamal too Jamal brother How about him. the whole just All the DBs man Yeah Be ready for it Because Quandre's dropped a few this season uh, Yeah at least Quandre's got four though So at least he's I'll give him that But my goodness Pick it off Yeah that that was Yeah that's bad But yeah turnovers are random They really are That's why people say They come in bunches They really don't They just come off random They're so random That That's it Lockett looked healthy today and Hart and Swain made plays. Do you think Shadi made adjustments to help the offense su- succeed the rest of the season going into the postseason? Um, no, I don't think so. I think it was mostly Russ, like we said earlier. Russ, well, the the Hart play, obviously, that was uh, what was that? That was a reverse. That was yeah. a nice reverse too. End around. Yeah, yeah, end around. Thank you. That's what I was word I was looking for. Um, yeah, no, I don't think Shadi did anything. It's really Russ, man. You got the quarterback has a lot of say in where the ball goes. He is the one throwing it. That's it. If he threw it to Freddie, that's because Russ decided to throw it to Freddie. I guarantee you that play was not for Freddie. That was a scramble drill, I'm pretty sure. And Freddie was wide-ass open. open in the back <laughs> of the end zone. And Russ was like, oh, look, Freddie, and, th- and threw it to him. Um, so I don't think the – hey, the offense was not, like, broken. So it's not like Shadi did anything, like, miraculous to fix it. But, yeah, I think it was Russ. Russ was a lot better today. His decisions were better. He just knew what to do with the ball. He threw good passes, except for the one he skipped in the dirt. Uh, to Demo, like I don't even think the jump ball that got picked was a bad throw. DK got to go up and get it. He's throwing it up there, so you can go get it. Go get it. I'm up 28 points in fantasy. The opposition has Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson left. Do I squeeze a win? Okay, so if this is a PPR league, e- yes. If this is not, no. I'm g- I hopefully I win my fantasy matchup this week. I don't know how much I'm up, but my opponent has Nick Chubb, so thoughts and prayers. This question is, I'm guessing, coming from the little this little t- quote tweet I sent you earlier today because you picked, you said never gamble, but then I mentioned the fact that in your game pick you had the Seahawks winning by, if I'm not mistaken, 17 points, and the the line was minus 16 and a half. Someone question wise goes hashtag sometimes gamble, Mike. Uh yeah no gamble just not on the Seahawks to cover the <laughs> spread I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet that uh I, shout Even out to after you picked it yeah I can pick it and not bet on it like it's different you can it, but I don't lose anything if I pick is wrong right that I picked is true. I picked them to cover against the Giants and they didn't right I didn't lose any sleep didn't lose no money didn't lose no credibility or nothing like I don't gain anything by having picked correctly this week but yeah no if you're out here betting on the Seahawks minus sixteen and a half Godspeed because that's a that felt like so much of a gamble uh, today. You know, it wasn't, but uh, don't do that. 
don't pick the Seahawks against the spread. We did get to see a lot of backups today. What backup, if any, made an argument to see some more snaps going forward? Definitely not Geno. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a bit unfair, isn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, let's see here. I would go with... Man, no one really... It sucks because I already admitted that I stopped watching. Um, <laughs> you know, I set you up on this one. Yeah, no, that that's... That's kind of fair, you know. Colby Parkinson, I saw he had he had a decent catch uh, when it was garbage time. Uh, honestly, Freddie Swain probably made an argument for more snaps. Who I really thought would start eating at that time was uh, Alton Robinson, uh, and he didn't really start eating at that time. Uh, yeah, no one, no one really like those guys are all bench players for a reason. Which defense has a better game next week, Washington Football Team or the Seahawks? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks. And that just because I, th- I know Alex Smith has a calf injury right now, but even if Alex Smith plays, like thirty-seven-year-old Alex Smith uh, going against that defense right now, the way they're they're humming, I don't see him lighting it up. Like, doesn't mean he's gonna die back there, but the last thing you want to do is play the Seahawks defense right now while you're not one hundred percent too. Like, it's a dangerous game. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's not good. He's already out there basically with that one and a half leg, and then his leg got hurt. Do you know which leg is hurt? Is the one oh, that I was surgically repaired? I remember is, he I had the one like that was bleeding last week. Did you see that on I the didn't. Tuesday night or the Monday night game? Whatever. That's oh, it was disgusting. So much blood on his leg. No, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks defense uh, on that. I think they're going to have a big day against Washington. I don't know how much about the offense necessarily, but I think the Seahawks defense should have a bunch of sacks and a bunch of turnovers again against Washington, which also can't run the ball. Washington doesn't run it that well. I don't think they. I don't think they will against uh, the Gibson guy is good, but ain't he hurt? Don't he have like turf toe? Or something like that. They're a rookie. Yeah, so if they don't have him, they really ain't running it on the Seahawks. Do the Seahawks have any hope of the number one seed now that the Saints and Packers are only one game ahead? So if the Seahawks were to run the table, they could theoretically tie a three-way tie, which is I'm sure that's what this is asking about. Obviously, they can win it if the other teams don't finish the better records. But like in a 12-4 and four tie, I'm not sure. It depends on who those other teams lose to. I think the Saints still have to play the Vikings. So the Seahawks should hope the Vikings win that, if that's the case, because that's, the Vikings are a team that they beat. So I think the Packers don't have that tough of a schedule left. And they got the Panthers left and the Titans, I think the Bears. So maybe. The answer is yes. It's a very, very, very slim shot, but I wouldn't count on it. I would probably bank on the Seahawks probably being the three seed and hosting the Bucks in uh, the, would that be the, the wild card round. Which isn't a bad matchup. It should be Tom Brady at home. I, f- I feel it. What's been the most difficult work-related change for you guys during the Rona season? Really appreciate all the work you guys do. Appreciate the love, man. It's a good question. This is from Mrs. Gabe. Yep. Appreciate you, Gabe, on that question. I would say there's two changes. The first is trying to analyze road games when I'm not there. As you guys have probably noticed, I've been trying a bunch of different things to be unique. Uh, watched it at the watched it with the army. Watch the game with Cliff. Watch the game with Steve Rabel. Like, I'm trying. Like, it's very hard to get these things set up. They take a long time. Uh, that's been pretty hard. And the other thing is, like, getting a feel for, the like, the tone of the team, taking the team's temperature without being in the locker room. Because that's really what I do. I sit next. I sit at guys' lockers for tons of time each each day when we have it and just learn. And just talk. You know, just chop it up. Can't do that. I can text some guys, you know, some Instagram DMs back and forth here and now. Every once in a while, I'll get a guy on the phone. Um, excuse me, get a guy on the phone, which I have done this year. But I talk to agents or some position coaches, stuff like that. Like, I, I can still get insight, but it's just a lot easier when you're just in there. And the guys are in the moment. They're sitting at their blocker after a big loss on a Wednesday, and I can just talk. That part has been very, very hard this season. For me, it was not being able to go to any going to training camp. I really bank on that, getting able to see the rookies, seeing I'd be able to see DK and what he's looking like beforehand. I didn't get to see any of that. So for me, it was I had to watch the games and look at film and base off what I saw last season and compare it to this year, which was a lot more challenging. Because when you have six weeks of training camp, you can easily tell, oh, this guy's the best play outer. You, you could tell he's been working. I'm pretty sure if I was out there for training camp, I'd be able to tell, oh, my gosh, DK's going to have a breakout year. But I didn't have that luxury. So this is all new to me, which is pretty more – it's exciting – but having that knowledge from the past two seasons where I'm able to see DK in practice last year, that is, it makes a difference. So missing training camp, that was tough. 
Yeah, that yeah that that is. And then I think in a normal training camp year, we'd have been able to kind of tell they were letting Russ cook. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. Like in camp, yeah, because they would have uh, had preseason games. Yeah, and we would have been able to chart their uh, their pass heaviness. So that would have been like a, li- a bit easier to tell too. But the defense would have came out better too. Yeah. There's been a lot of discussion about Carson and Shaq Griffin's upcoming contracts. But what about other 2021 unrestricted free agents? What do David Moore, KJ, Benson, other guys need to show down the stretch, if anything, to help the case for re-signing after this season? Um, I think Benson's already made the case if he's just going to like take another like minimum type of deal to come back. Like Benson's someone that he's done enough, I think. Um, let's see here. KJ, that's an interesting one. I was thinking that when he went for that interception today, I was like, KJ's like, I'm trying to stick around. It's That one's up to KJ. That really is. I think if he wants to come back on a really, really cheap deal, they would give it a shot. Um, problem is, they keep drafting linebackers. <laughs> that's the, It's like, even if KJ wants to come back, it's like, damn, man, they didn't drafted three linebackers in the last two drafts. They're clearly drafting to, to replace you. Um, but he's playing so well, Chris. Like Today, he had two TFLs. Today, he should have had a pick. Like, KJ is somebody I, I definitely think they would try to uh, keep around if it was going to be cost effective, I think. Um, who else did they say? D- David Moore? Was that the yep. other one? Demo, that's an interesting one. If I was him, I'd try to get out of here and get paid. Even if you just get like, what did Mike Davis get from the Bears? Like two years, six mil? David Moore has been on like these exclusive rights deals and this other stuff. Like I would try to get get a little bag. What, David Moore's got six touchdowns? He's cooking. Yeah, this year, like, that's a that's a normal year for, like, Keenan Allen. Now, Keenan catches a lot more balls, but he also gets a lot more targets, right? So, um, I would try to keep David, depending on what the cost is, but if I were David, I would try to go get the bag. At this point, it seems less, li- less than likely Shell will play against the Washington football team. That defense looks scary against San Francisco today. Are you concerned about pass protection next week? Yeah, we got a couple of questions today about the right tackle situation. Yeah, I- I'm not feeling good. Not feeling good. It's really hard to have good five good linemen. It is damn near impossible to have five good backups for your five good linemen. Look at Dallas. Like Dallas used to have like the best O line in the league, and then guys start getting hurt. I think one dude might have retired. One dude might have <laughs> opted out, and then next thing you know, their O line is trash. Right? It just like just that fast. You know, like they went from today their starter was in. Right? Brandon Shell was in. He got hurt, and they went to their fourth string guy. That is their fourth string dude they were throwing out there in Chad Wheeler. Uh, so I, I I don't feel good about it. Like, not to say that, like, Chad will be the reason they lose a the game, but, man, I mean, even if Cedric Bowie didn't look, like, great against Philly. Like, I didn't feel good about that. I felt way better about Jamarco Jones. So, oof, man, hopefully Jamarco can play. Excuse me, hopefully Jamarco can play on, on Sunday. If not, you got to go in there and you got to tell um, Will, Will Disley, hey, man, you are effectively our six lineman. You, you're in. We're going to go 12 personnel a lot, but mostly you're, you're blocking today. That's it. And whoever's in there at running back, like, hey, you're helping You're helping uh, Chad all day. If you see 99, I don't care what the play call is. Go hit him in the face. For <laughs> real. Like, otherwise, Russ is going to die back there. That D-line's too good. Did I lose a bet? Why do I always have to read the erectile dysfunction ahead during the podcast? If he gets the elusive blue check mark on Twitter, do I still have to read it? Love you guys. Keep killing it. Regarding reads, Mike can definitely do the ads. Yeah, if you want me to read the ads, I can read that. So what I'll do is next week, I'm going to let Mike do the ads. That's fine. And Mike's going to have to do a bunch of takes because <laughs> there are times where I'm I'm over here screwing up. But yeah, it's it's literally I'm sitting here producing it. I literally just do them. Mike, is, he doesn't really care to do them. So. Yeah, but I can though if you yeah, want me he, to. Yeah, but... For you, we got you. Next yeah. week, I'm gonna have Mike do all the reads. What is it? It's all it's ads for like broken penis medicine. <laughs> yeah, erectile dysfunction. We'll call it that. Yes. Yeah, broken, Roman, all of that. Broken penis, same thing. Erectile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. If you need that, whatever we selling right now, that means your, your penis don't work, which is unfortunate for you. I'm sorry. Um, That's but. why I come in and say, hey, if you're having these issues, you don't have to talk about it on the pod. You can do it from the privacy of your home, which you've already heard by now. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, we, definitely. I'll, I'll give Mike the, the give Mike the mic, and he can give you guys the reads for sure. We just gave that company an extra plug. Yeah, that, that was like a, a that was like a free read. <laughs> they they just got there. Last one. I saw the offense do short passes and picking up yards after the catch. Is this what the Seahawks should do more often, or keep throwing the deep ball? 
Is this a sign of adjusting to what the defense is giving them? Yeah, we talked a lot about that at the top of the show. The answer is yes. I thought my favorite play today, um, I know no one asked my favorite play, but my favorite play was um, the Tyler Lockett. It was like a he came from across the field on like a play action and caught the ball. He probably caught the ball like a yard behind the line of scrimmage and ended up picking a first down because he was in, you know what I'm talking about, Chris? He was like in stride when he caught it Yes, and beat the corner to the to the first down marker. That's straight out of the Rams. You know what times I've seen like, they do it all the time. Cooper Cup do that. They do it all the time. It's such an easy throw. It's it's, it's the difficulty. Like I'm sure Tyler was like six yards from Russ, like when he threw it, and then ends up getting a first, like that. And it was on like first down, as well off play action. That is what teams like the Rams do. That is what the Chiefs do. Dink and dunk. Yes, dinking and dunking is okay. The deep shots will be there. Yeah, they'll open up eventually. They will, especially. Um, you know, what teams are going to mix it up their coverages because they're not going to just sit there in the cover two or cover four the whole game. Yeah, they got to switch it up. They keep running the same dink and dunk yeah. plays and play action. Especially on third downs. Like, even a team like the Giants or the team like the Jets today, they gave man coverage options to the Seahawks. The Rams, every team gives you a little bit of man. No one plays just sit there and play the same thing the whole time. So, yeah, no, I, that was my favorite play today. I think there was a quick throw to Demo, too, where he, he only picked up like six or seven. But it, it was, was the effort, and it was the fact that they did it. Yeah, because like that's better for me than hammering it to Carlos Hyde for the hell of it, right? Or Chris Carson. No, if Demo's guy is playing ten yards off, throw it to Demo real quick. Let him pick up six or seven. Okay, now we got second and short, and we're good. Like, exactly. I thought those were really two good examples. It wasn't a ton today, but um, I don't think it was a coincidence that that came after I asked Shadi about why they don't have enough yak in their scheme. So uh, you guys are welcome. <laughs> Well, we want to thank all of you for asking Twitter questions. We appreciate all the love and support. Mike, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here, man? I'm really excited about our next guest uh, on, on Tuesday. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, I guess the show will come out on Wednesday, but I've been looking forward to the, the Washington game to preview because I want to talk to our guest. She's super dope. Hope you guys tune in to that one. Other than that, we appreciate the love, appreciate the questions. Hopefully Chris gets the blue check. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we out. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.